Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. I love when that kind of stuff happens. And now it's funny when I look back up, some of y'all don't you just don't even look. You're like, he ain't looking at me. And I ain't don't look him in the eye. He's in one of those moods. Praise the Lord. Let's Let's all just pray as we open the word. Father, we receive your word with readiness. We receive your word like you wrote it to us specifically. We receive your word, God. We receive your heart, your wisdom. We thank you, Lord, that every time we break bread, every time we open up this living word of God, you speak, God. You speak to our hearts and to our minds that you are not a God who is mute. You speak words of life that we live by more than bread. We live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So we thank you for your proceeding word. And today, Holy Spirit, we pray that you speak to our hearts and to our minds, that you reveal, God, you reveal your purpose and will to our heart and to our life, God. And we pray for a supernatural shift in people's minds, hearts, faith, and expectation that our mind will be of the mind of Christ. We receive your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, if you're ready, say, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. So 1 Peter chapter 4, guys, this whole thing about Peter that we've been talking about has been about grace to you. Peter writing this letter through the Holy Spirit to people that were going through all kinds of persecutions. They were, they were trying to live for Christ. Uh, there were some Jews, but mostly Gentiles. He's writing, meaning people who are not of the Jewish, they're not of Jewish bloodline or Jewish, uh, you know, a family tree of a Jewish descent. And so what happens is uh, they're, they're unbelievers that, that become believers in Jesus Christ. And Peter's trying to write to them about what what it means to walk with Christ and what in, in a very difficult setting in a very difficult times, but what it means to walk with Christ. And one of those prophetic things I think he's saying is grace to you. He's prophesying grace to you, grace to you. And that's how I want you to approach when you're at home, when you're at work, when you're ever reading the word of God, how I want you to approach, because this is how I approach the word of God is I believe it's personal. I believe he's got a word for me. I believe his truth is for me. I believe that he's speaking to me. Now, I put him at the center, but I am the recipient of him. I receive from him. And I, and I, I read the word of God re realizing that the lordship and the authority of the word of God is not some religious book. It's not some religious idea. It's not a fortune cookie, which, by the way, the way you redeem a fortune cookie. Is always add in the end. Some of y'all add other stuff at the end. Y'all need to get saved. But when you read a fortune cookie at the end, you say in Christ. When y'all go out and get some Chinese food today, open your fortune cookie. Now, don't open that fortune cookie all excited. Oh, because you should open your Bible and be more excited about opening your Bible than a fortune cookie. Even though those things are good. But you can redeem a fortune cookie by adding in Christ on the end of it. That's kind of a joke for anybody who gets mad at me. I'm sorry. That's just what I do. 
So 1 Peter chapter 4, Jamie did such a good job last week uh, teaching. I'm just so thankful for him, but your vacation from me is now over. The gauntlet begins, 1 Peter chapter 4. I'm going to start in verse 1, maybe read a little bit of what Jamie did. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, when you got it, say got it. Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourself. Tell somebody next to you, arm yourself. With the same mind, same mind, with the same mind, you arm yourself with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. For we have spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, and meaning ungodly people, when we walked in lewdness, which that what, what that word means is, is it's open rebellion. It's like, I don't even care. I'm going to do what I'm going to do, and I don't even care. I, I'm publicly just going to do what I want to do. I'm not even trying to hide it anymore. I'm just going to do it. If you don't like it, that's your problem. That's what that word lewdness, lewdness means, just open rebellion, like as in the daylight. The, um, and then they also walked in not lust and drunkenness and uh, reveries, which is like the crazy party. It's like the party after the party. It's a crazy kind of party that happens. And there's, I don't want to talk about, there's kids are in the room, so I ain't going to talk about some of the rest of that. Drinking parties and, and uh, abominable idolatries, uh, things that are just just straight up ungodly. And what he's saying is, you spent enough, you did, you did enough of that. So anybody here who you're thinking, man, I just, that party lifestyle, that party lifestyle with my friends and with my people and doing our thing, or we're going to go to the lake, or we're going to go to the club, or we're going to do whatever that part. Look, I can go ahead and tell you, you've already had enough of that. If you feel like you need more, you're believing a lie. You've already had enough. And some of you, I've not had any of it. I'm, I'm waiting to go party. I'm, I love what, well, I think Tim Harmon was the one, I think he, he said it, Dylan Street was, was talking about his life's testimony, and, and I don't know who said it first, Dylan Street or, or Tim Harmon, but uh, it, was, it was an amazing point that he made that is so true about people who, who have lived. How many of you guys have lived, and, and, and not that you, I'm not saying you're proud of it, but you've lived in sin in the sense of you've lived that party lifestyle before. Yeah. And how many of you say uh, it wasn't worth it? Yeah. Well, well, Dylan was sharing his testimony about his lifestyle. And I think it was Tim who said, because Dylan said this, you know, God can bring you back from that. God can redeem you and bring you back out of that lifestyle. And I love what Tim Harmon said, the same God who can bring you out of that lifestyle can keep you from it. Because you don't need those wounds. You don't need those scars. You don't need those consequences. Can Jesus forgive you? Absolutely. But you don't need all that weight. You don't need all that nonsense. You can do it God's way first. Because I'm telling you right now, you ain't missing out on anything. If you, if you, if you go into the, if you, if you stay out of that lifestyle, don't, don't feel like you're missing out on something because you're not. The ones who don't walk with God, they're the ones missing out on something. And so he's speaking to this thing enough. There's been enough of that. And then look at verse four. It says, in regard to these, meaning Pookie and them, the people you used to party with, in regard to these, they think it strange that you do not run with them in the same flood 
of dissipation. Meaning, and that word literally means wastefulness. So what, what that lifestyle is, is a flood of wastefulness. You're wasting your time. You're wasting God. You're wasting your breath. You're wasting your time. You're wasting your years. You're wasting your money. You're wasting the gift that God's given you. If you live in that kind of lifestyle, you are wasting what God has given you to use for a purpose. You're wasting it. It's wasteful. You're, you're giving, you're giving your pearls before swine. And you're wasting, you're wasting it. Now, now the quicker and sooner you, you awake to the fact that, you know what, enough is enough. I'm going to arm myself with the mind of Christ is the quicker that you, it, it, the more readily you become less wasteful and more purposeful and you live with less regret. And so I love what he's saying. These people that you used to run with, one with, one with as Elmer Fudd would say, they think it's strange. And here's what they do. They'll speak evil of you. Have anybody, when you started following Christ, did other people who weren't following Christ start speaking evil of you? Anybody have that happen? Okay. Uh, and here's the deal. If they didn't start speaking evil of you, there's a chance you haven't really been living for Christ. If you're too much like them, might be some things you need to crucify. And so he goes on, this is just incredible to me, verse 5, uh, they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. For this reason, the gospel was preached, the gospel was preached also to those who were dead that they might be judged according uh, to men in the flesh, uh, according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Verse 7 says, but the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be... Now, some of your Bible translations say be sober or be sober-minded. It means be serious, be watchful in your prayers. Above all things, uh, have fervent love for one another for the love... For love, meaning the love of God, will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And as each one has received a gift, everybody say gift. Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. I'm going to stop right there for now. We'll see what happens. So what he's saying, it's just incredible. This, this whole thing is incredible to me. What he's saying is arm yourself. He's writing to these people. And if you read back through the first part of the letter, 1 Peter 1, 2, you know, chapters 1, 2, 3, he, he, he's setting this thing up, writing this letter to them, to people who were believers, but they were in, uh, they were in very difficult situations. They were, in, they, were in, they were being attacked for their faith. They were being attacked from Jews because they weren't Jewish enough. They were being attacked from Gentiles because they weren't partying enough. They're being attacked. Sometimes when you walk with Jesus, it seems like you can't please anybody. And so they're being attacked and, and their, their way of life is changing and they're trying to serve God. They're wanting to serve God. But Peter's coming in to encourage them. Uh, you know, the one who went from, remember the one, Peter, the one who went from, you know, from failure to failure to failure and then went from failure to faith. From faith to faith to faith. So here's Peter walking in the faith life. We go from one degree of faith to another degree of faith, from one level of glory to another level of glory. Peter's writing to them so they don't fail. He's writing to them, encouraging them so they do not fail. 
And I'm telling you, that's the heart that I have for you this morning about arming yourself, arming yourself, taking the mind of Christ and arming yourself with the mind of Christ so that you live a lifestyle that's undefeated. You live a lifestyle that walks above, not beneath. You live a lifestyle that walks as the head, not the tail. That you live empowered by the Spirit of God to do and to be and do all he's created you to be and do. And you don't live as a victim anymore. You live powerful. You live empowered by the Spirit of God. That you're not just driven by life and a victim of circumstance. That you take authority in the middle of your circumstance. Because you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're a child of God. We're the people of God. We're a royal priesthood. We're not just churchgoers on Sunday. That's why when you come to church here, this is a heavenly uh, embassy raising up ambassadors for Christ to go to every neck of the woods of our region and to the world to represent Christ and whatever God's called you to do, to represent Christ there, not to be churchy or be church-like, but to be Christ-like. Church can sometimes hurt y'all. I'll hurt you. I'm telling you what. I've wanted to quit church so many times, it's not even funny. But Christ will never fail you. Christ will never fail you. So you arm yourself. You arm yourself. It's like... You arm yourself with this mind of Christ. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man what God has prepared well, God has already prepared. He's not, he's not up there trying to catch up, getting it ready. Like, hang on a second. Let me get it ready. Hang, hang on. He's not trying to get it ready. It's prepared. It was ready before you were ready. And that's why it's important for us to get ready, to walk in what he's already made ready. But your natural eye, your natural ears, your natural way of thinking, the natural-minded man won't receive it. The na- it doesn't make sense. doesn't make sense. But a mind, the mind of Christ, the mindset upon the things of the Spirit, that's why you got to arm yourself with this mindset. And, and, and here's, what I want you to, here's what I want you to get. I believe what he's specifically, one of the key things he's writing to these Christians who are suffering for their faith. They're suffering. They're not suffering for doing dumb stuff. Has anybody in here ever suffered from doing dumb stuff? Yeah. I'm talking about suffering for doing the right stuff, walking with God, and it's like all of you know darkness turns against you. And to where it feels like, man, it was easier when I wasn't serving God. So he's writing to them like, like, don't, don't lose your faith. This testing of your faith, this persecution, this suffering that you're going through, the suffering, you arm yourself in the middle of suffering, arm yourself with the mind of Christ. Because if not, the suffering will speak to you. And you'll get a mindset of suffering and be disempowered, thinking, this is what God has for me. This is what, you know, uh, you just get this victim mentality instead of standing up being like, no, I am armed with the mind of Christ because I know there's things prepared for me that I don't know about and I wouldn't be able to see and learn about um, if it wasn't for the Spirit of God who chose to reveal it to me, you know, if there's things in my life I didn't want you to know about me, I wouldn't tell you. And I wouldn't write it in a book and then tell you about it. 
So the things that God has prepared for you and for your family, for you to walk in, for you to grab hold of in every area of your life, not only has he prepared it for you, but he wrote you a book about it. And because all of those things he's prepared for you are the overflow of who he is. So everything he ever gives to you, everything he ever gives to you has a signature fragrance of and likeness to who he is. Anything he gives to you, anything the Lord gives to you in his promises will never be unlike him. There's always like, if somebody, any of you who are really good gift givers, I'm a terrible, just ask Sarah, I'm a terrible gift giver. Terrible gift giver. Uh, you know, because, you know, like the gift I want, I love when people give gifts, except here's the gift I want. I'm just going to be honest with y'all. This is, I, no, I just want cash. <laughs> you don't got to wrap it. You don't have to go through all that or Chick-fil-A cards. Cash <laughs> or I love when y'all give Chick-fil-A cards. But, you know, I'm the person, I don't put a whole bunch of thought into the gift. I'd rather just give somebody cash. Just give somebody cash, and they can wrap it up if they want to. The color green is great for me. And, but what God does is when he gives gifts, he's, he's put himself in the thing he's promised. So when he gives it to you, it's like somebody who took the time to thoughtfully wrap something up and put, put things in it to make you to. So it's not that you're getting something. It's not that you're just getting a gift from them or you're getting something from them. It's something that reminds you of the relationship. And it communicates love. That's what God does in every one of these gifts. So what he's saying to them, what he's saying to them in context is he's, he's trying to show them that, but saying, but your circumstances and your suffering and where you live and what you're going through is lying to you. It's lying to you. This testing of your faith is lying to you. The suffering is lying to you. I didn't come so that you would suffer. I suffered for you. I suffered for you so that, and I, and, and here's what he's saying. When I suffered for you, here's the mindset I had as I went through suffering. So Jesus had a victorious mindset from an eternal reality, something that was already finished and established in the heavenlies. He had eternal reality of, of, of this mindset of, of Christ, of victory and of peace and of love and of joy as he went through suffering. And, we, and it's crucial to know that because if not, the suffering will change your mind. The suffering will change your mind. It'll make you look at God differently. It'll make you look at people differently. It will make you look at yourself differently. And you'll let go of the word of God. You'll let go of who he is. He'll stop being Lord in your life because now pain or, or pressure or disappointment is now dominating your life instead of faith. And your faith has failed. Your faith has failed. So you've been through something dis, dis, you know, that's been disappointing or people hurt you. Join the honking club. What Jesus is saying, I've been through it too. But here's how I went through it. And so arm yourself with my mindset in the middle of suffering as you're living for God's will. And so then you can literally, you can literally embrace the suffering Listen to me. You can embrace the suffering because you've already embraced the victory that is being revealed in the suffering and God's deliverance and his promises over your life. And you know that I'm just going through the valley of shadow of death. I'm coming to a table he's prepared for me. And suffering doesn't change your mind. And, and so 
So he's writing to them this concept of arm yourself, arm yourself with this mind, arm yourself. Because you know why he's saying arm yourself? Because it's a battle. It's a battle. How many of you right now will say there is a battle going on in my mind? The rest of you who didn't raise your hand, one or two things is true. You are already armed with the mind of Christ. And circumstances are not lying to you. So you got a promise from God's word. You got a promise of healing from God's word. And then you get a bad report from a doctor. It's not that you ignore the bad report. Like the doctor's, the doctor's not trying to lie to you. The doctor's giving you a fact. But there's a bigger truth than that fact. And you believe the report of the Lord over the circumstances. Some of you are believing God's been speaking to you about increasing you. or, or and, and I'm not talking about like greed. I'm not talking about greed and selfishness, guys. Well, I'm not talking about that at all. But I believe it is God's will for you to prosper. No question. How can you bless somebody if you, if you don't have anything to bless them with? All biblical and kingdom prosperity is for the purpose of generosity. But if you don't have it to give. So I believe God wants to increase you. Not for you. But for us, see, there's an anointing that's in you for you. Anointing is a big biblical word for empowerment, empowered for a purpose. Set a, anointing means a, a supernatural empowerment set apart for a supernatural purpose. So the anointing of God, there's an anointing in you that is for you, for you to come up to that next level. But there's an anointing on you for others. And that he's writing to them, arm yourself with this mindset. And there's, there's this amazing stuff that he goes through. And then he, he ends it in verse, well, this I'm going to end it today, verse 10, where he, he says, each one of you has received a gift. That word gift is, speaks of grace. The root word of that word gift is grace. It's charis. It's, it's grace. And, and so the spiritual gift is, is adding M-A to the end of the word for the Greek word for grace. So in Greek language, which I barely do English, so you know, I really don't know Greek. I'm just gonna take a stab at it. Is when you add M-A in Greek on, on the end of a word, uh, you bring action and movement, present tense, action, action and movement to that word. So your spiritual gift that God has given you is literally the grace of God acting out in your life, the grace of God taking action. The empowerment that God has given you, taking action in your life. So what he's saying is, he talks about this as a testing of your faith. He talks about this as a testing of your faith. Your faith is being tested, which is your faith is more precious than gold or silver. Your faith is precious. Your faith is valuable. I was talking to somebody before service and, and saying, you know, if I'm going to go out, if, if something comes and attacks me and it, and, it, and it ends up taking my life, I'm going out in faith. I'm not going out complaining. I'm not going out whining. I'm not going out like a victim because my faith will outlive my life. And my faith is eternal. So y'all may, if something happened and it looked like, oh, Pastor John, you know, something like this took him out, whatever, and I'm believing God on my last breath, I'm going to be saying what God says. I'm going to be declaring the victory of God. Not letting my circumstances cause me to be disarmed. I'm going to tell you who's disarmed. The enemy is disarmed. The enemy has been disarmed. And when he comes to you, when he comes to you with, with a gun, hey, you need to go, I said, pull it out then. Pull it out of your pocket. Let me see it. Because all he's got is his fingers acting like he's got a gun. He's been disarmed. So when he tries to hold you hostage to a lie and to a false belief and intimidate you and get in your feelings and get in your circumstances and make you feel like something's true, you need to say, go ahead and pull it out, big boy. 
pull out that gun. Let me see it. Because I am locked and loaded. I got a kingdom nuclear bazooka thing. I don't even know what to call it. I did. Sword of the Spirit coming out of my mouth will disarm your weak attempt to disarm me. And so many believers are not armed with the mindset of Christ, so we let what a, a power of darkness that is disarmed disarm us. Because we don't know what God says. We don't know who God is. And we don't know who we are in him. So we get a promise from God to walk with God, to obey God. And then something happens and we like, we lose our game. We lose it. We're like, oh, because we think this new thing that happened, this, oh, well, they did this or they said that or, oh, I feel this. or I, We think like that, that supersedes or overrides the word of God. And it doesn't. So you're walking with God and everything changes. They leave, they leave. They say this, they say that. I feel this, I feel that. Everything can change, but nothing has changed. Your word is still true. Yeah, but pastor, what about? Your word is still true. And I'm going to arm myself in this battle with your word is truth. Holding on to what you have accomplished for me, what you have prepared for me, and what you are walking out in my life. I am armed. I'm arming my mind. I'm arming my mouth. I'm arming my ears to the word of God. And what I feel like, and I'm, I just feel like we're going we're gonna to stop just right here because we need to be armed. We will go through all kinds of ups and downs. We'll go, through, we'll go through things for all different kinds of, we go through different reasons and different seasons in life. But a mature disciple of Christ will not let go of the word of God. What causes you to let go of the word of God? Some of you are here, I ain't never really grabbed hold of it yet. You know what my life, the, the story of my life, going from failure to faith, the story of my life, it's this simple. I know, I know y'all know this, but it's this simple. One day, one day, out of absolute passion and courage with zero intelligence, my passion has gone way beyond my wisdom many times. Out of absolute passion and courage and fearlessness, one day I grabbed hold of a bottle. I had no idea there was a spirit inside of that bottle that was reaching out and grabbing hold of me. And my life was defined by the lordship of the spirit within that bottle. It told me who I was. Brought me as a slave to do its will. Promised me everything, but took everything. And then one day, same passion, same courage. This was a little more wise, but I didn't understand what I was doing. With the same intensity that I grabbed hold of that bottle, I grabbed hold of this Bible. And I didn't realize there was a spirit of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords that reigns over all that reached out and grabbed hold of me. Here's a, he'll grab hold of you with the same intensity you grab hold of him. Yeah. 
And when you, whatever measure you use, it is measured back to you. And I want the worship team to go, go ahead and come on up. Whatever measure you use, it's measured back to you. And so as we continue on with this thing of Peter and, and knowing that we have the mind of Christ as disciples of Christ, we have the mind of Christ. Those of us who've put our faith in Jesus Christ, like I did years ago, there was a moment in time where I said, Lord, I, I believed his word. I, I believed what his word said. I believe that if I would, if I would believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, that I and I called upon him that I would be saved. And when I'm, when I'm saved, then all of a sudden he puts a new mindset to me. And I grab hold of that new mindset. And now, now I have to stop. I have to stop. Listen to me. Those of you who are now walking with Christ, you have to stop looking at yourself the same way you did before you were saved. So now when I look at a bottle, when I look at a bottle, I don't look at it the same way that I used to look at it because I'm not who I used to be. So I looked at that bottle as an opportunity. But now that I'm in Christ, now that I look at, in, in Christ, I'm going to tell you, this is going to sound weird. I don't know if it'll make sense to you, but now I look at it as an opportunity for another kingdom. An opportunity to show that this bottle is nothing. Kick this thing over and let me show you what God can do. So, so listen to me. I don't know what you run to when you feel pain. I don't know what you run to when you start suffering. I don't know who you run to. I don't know what happens in your life. I don't know what happens that causes you to get distracted and derailed and, and then fall into the trap of this isn't true. But Peter is writing to the church that is in, in way worse circumstances than any of us in this room. And he's saying, arm yourself. And when you have other people in your life that think it's strange that you're not running with them, doing that same old stuff with them, they think it's strange. You should think, you should think it, you're right on target. Because if your ungodly friends do not think your behavior is strange, you might be doing something wrong. And if you want to experience all that Jesus saved you for, See, I drank to the bottom of the bottle. If you want to drink to the bottom of the Bible and experience, had the mindset of I'm coming after all he died to give me because I want to glorify him in my life. Then when suffering and things happen, you won't be distracted backwards. You'll recognize, you'll recognize I'm going to stay forward. I'm going to stay forward and I'm going to stay focused on the word of God because my mindset is armed. It's armed. I'm locked and loaded and I'm ready to do this thing. And then what happens is the gift that God's given you, the gifting that he's given you, the grace he's given you will begin to be activated. And I'm going to tell you what's walking better. I'm going to tell you what's better than drunkenness. I'm going to tell you what's better than parting. I'm going to tell you what's better than all that stuff in darkness is you walking in the gift that God's given you because he's given you power over demons. He's given you power over sickness and disease. He's given you power over depression and darkness. See, back here, back here, all those things have more power than I do. And I'm a victim. But walking in Christ, 
even when I feel powerless in my weakness, his grace is enough. And I realize I'm a victor. And now I stand and take authority over those circumstances in my life and say, in Jesus' name, you will not. I may have to put up with you for a little bit, but it's going to be a little bit. And I'm getting to the other side of this quick. And I'm going to use you on my testimony belt to show the glory of God. So as we go into a time of worship today, what I'd like to do is two things. I want you to check your mindset. I want you by the the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to be able to look and evaluate, examine your life and say, what is the thing that trips me up? What, where do I, where do I get distracted? What is the thing that this has to happen or this has to happen or I get this kind of report or that kind of report? Where do I fumble? Where do I get sidetracked? And come, come back in absolute faith saying, saying, God, I repent of this. I repent. I don't want to get sidetracked by this. Some of you in this room, If there's a relationship in your life that is bad or sad or hard and you feel dry and empty and you feel so powerless, oh, oh, you ever seen people like that? Oh, oh, the world's ending, the world's ending. And all of a sudden, some new dude or some new chick walks into your life and you're like, hey, how are you? Yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I go to church. Come on, I go to church. You better be careful. The thing that should give you the most strength is the Lord of the Word and the Word of the Lord. If you let your flesh and your emotions lead you to who you think is Mr. and Mrs. Right, I promise you they are Mr. and Mrs. Wrong. But if you let the Word of the Lord lead you He'll make you Mr. and Mrs. Right forever he has for you. He'll never fail you. So I want you to just examine. Let's all examine our hearts. Uh, Altar team, we have a team of people that we'd love to pray for you. Listen, if it's your first time here, we'd love to pray for you. You guys go ahead and the the people who are going to be praying this morning, come on up front. We'd love to pray for you. So all through worship, if you need prayer, you can come kneel at the altar and just spend time with, with the Lord by yourself. You can lay on your on the floor. I don't care. You can, you can turn around and make your chair an altar. You can sit. You can stand. You can do whatever you want to do. I just want you to put your focus on the Lord. If you need prayer for anything, you can come to these people up front and say, please pray for me. If you're here and you know that you've never given your life to the Lord, you've never surrendered and submitted your life to the Lord to say, God, I want to follow you. Enough is enough. I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to follow you. You come tell them. You come tell them, I want to give my life to the Lord. You come receive prayer as we worship the Lord together. If you have a word for somebody else, go go pray for them. Go speak to them. Just go. Do it politely and do it honorably. But if somebody's highlighted to you, go and say, hey, you mind if I pray for you? You mind if I say this? You can just do that. Go and minister to one another. So Father, in Jesus' name, we give you glory. We give you praise. We honor you. We magnify you, Lord. Your people bless you today. You are champion of Israel, God. You're the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are undefeated, God. You are Lord of Lords, God. You are King of Kings. You reign, God. You're Alpha. You're Omega. You're the beginning. You're in the end, God. Your word stands true forever. Nothing catches you off guard. And so we worship you, God.
We worship you this morning and we submit ourselves to you fresh and new, God. And thank you for the fresh oil of your spirit empowering your people to walk in grace, empowering your people to walk in gifting, empowering your people to even in difficult times, knowing that you will be glorified, knowing that our mind is armed. Lord, arm our mind with the word of the Lord and the mind of Christ. That we live in the victory that your blood has provided for us. So we worship you, Lord. Speak to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship, come receive prayer. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.